Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I got the chance today to go one-on-one with Vice President Mike Pence as he's running for President of the United States. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Did the interview by a phone. Long interview on my morning show, and I want to share it with you here in full. What, what I'm calling both parts, right? I had to, I had to break it up a, a little bit, but I didn't edit it. I, I didn't edit. The only place I will admit that I didn't edit is that I had a, a, a technical glitch with playing some audio, so I, I reset the audio from an interview that Mike Pence had done with Chuck Todd on NBC. After, aside from that, only thing I did, no uh, changes to the interview whatsoever. Didn't take anything out. It's all there in full and, and complete. And the conversation was about the run. The conversation got into Ukraine. The conversation got into abortion. It went back to the run. And and really, where is his path? Now, with Pence, uh, he is the most disciplined person I have ever met. You cannot get Mike Pence to go off message. It simply cannot be done. That is a blessing and a curse. Because I would love for him to be a little bit more free freewheeling. I would love for him to be a little bit more direct and focused with the answers. Some answers were absolutely clear and 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 direct. Some answers leave uh, with a little bit of questions, especially when we got into a conversation about Ukraine. But you'll hear it and you'll decide uh, for yourself. I'll give you my, my thoughts. I appreciate uh, uh, Vice President Pence coming on the show. We're trying to get every single candidate uh, to 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 get over here and and be a part of these conversations. Um, Pence has a very strange road ahead. And I honestly, I admit to you, honestly, I don't see it. I don't see his path. I don't. I don't see Chris Christie's path. There are a lot of people like, I I don't get it. William Hurd, a former congressman from Texas. uh, He was with the CIA uh, nine years with the CIA. He just jumped into this race. I don't see his path either. Sometimes you run for president because it just, it gives you a voice, gives you an opportunity, lets you do some fundraising, keeps you in the public eye, creates other opportunities for you. I don't actually think there's a downside to running for president. Very few people have really had a downside in running for, for, for president. Uh, John Edwards, is a guy who had a downside uh, running for president. Gary Hart is a guy who had a downside in running for president. Uh, Other than that, there's usually just opportunity that comes from it. So that I understand. But his path is not easy, and I got into the conversation with him about the path and started with, you know, talk to me about... um, why you're in this race? Why do you think this is the moment? Why are you the guy for right now? I didn't want to let these first few weeks play out uh, without checking in with you and telling you that uh, we are excited about the opportunity uh, to take our story, to take our experience uh, into uh, into the campaign uh, for the Republican nomination for president of the United States. But, you know, I, I just came from Rosie's place in Zionsville. I got I got three granddaughters in town. They were born in the last two years. We just had a great morning, and there's really no place like home. And uh, I, I will tell you that uh, the, the opportunity to have been home here in Indiana, to reground, to reconnect, uh, has just convinced me that this is a time when those of us with the experience uh, and the background and the knowledge to turn this country around need to step forward. And, and uh, that generous introduction with that Top Gun music playing, Tony, 
really was uh, a great, really a great setup for what why Karen and I feel called to get in this race. We just think we've been blessed. I was a leader in the Congress. I was a leader among House conservatives, fought the big spenders in my own party. I was governor of Indiana, where we balanced budgets, achieved record uh, employment. Uh, We doubled the nation's largest school choice program, stood for the right to life. And then those four years as vice president, uh, which uh, I couldn't be more proud of the record uh, of that time. All tell me that at a time when we see the country in a lot of trouble, We see President Joe Biden and the Democrats having weakened America at home and abroad. Uh, Karen and I, after a lot of prayer, just concluded that we we felt a duty to step forward. Uh, And i got to tell you, in the last two weeks since we announced, with a lot of Hoosiers that joined us out in Iowa for the announcement, we've been incredibly encouraged. People are going to MikePence2024.com. Joining the team, some of them even just with a dollar contribution, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm more encouraged than ever about this opportunity. But we're we're just determined you, to do our part to turn this country you, around, Tony. You bring up the experience part. I don't deny that you have experience, experiences that many other people don't have. But if the experience part is the part people should be looking at, President Trump was president. Wouldn't that be the experience part that people vote for? How do you combat that conversation? Well, I think I think you combat it with a focus on the future, candidly. You know, in my announcement speech, which, uh, as I said, people can check out at our website, MikePence2024.com, I made a point to say that, look, um, I mean, look, there's other candidates in this race who have taken to criticize the Trump-Pence record. I, I'm incredibly proud of what we did, Tony. I mean, we, we rebuilt our military. We secured our border. Uh, We took the fight uh, uh, to our enemies as never before, took down the ISIS caliphate. And at home, 7 million good-paying jobs, tax cuts, energy independence, and three justices to the Supreme Court of the United States who were a part of of sending Roe versus Wade to the ash heap of history where it belongs. That's a record I'll always be proud of as long as I live. But the reason I'm in this race uh, has to do with a, a different vision for the country going forward. I mean, you know, you and I have talked many times. I mean, the difficult days I've been candid about at the tail end of our administration continue to be a point of difference between the former president and I. But really, it's a vision for the future. I mean, I, I'm somebody that believes America is the leader of the free world. We're the arsenal of democracy. I think we, we need to lean into the fight. Uh, to uh, give the Ukrainian military what they need to repel the Russian invasion. My former running mate and others uh, have uh, have openly questioned uh, whether America should be committed there. On the national debt, Joe Biden's policy is insolvency, Tony. He won't even talk about the fact that 70 percent of our national debt is driven uh, by entitlements. Uh, my former running mate's taken the same position as Joe Biden, that we're not even going to talk about compassionate and responsible reforms. Uh, but I'm, I think we Let's, owe those three granddaughters of mine better. And frankly, on the right to life, where I'll be outside the Lincoln Memorial this this Saturday morning, marking the one-year anniversary of, uh, of the Dobbs decision that opened a new era for life, uh, my former running mate and others are beginning to shy away uh, from the cause of life and, and frankly, uh, you know, blaming uh, electoral... So now you're starting... ...22 on that. Now you're starting to engage in those separations, talking to Vice President Mike Pence, candidate for president in 2024, MikePence2024.com. Before we get into the abortion conversation where you've made statements specifically to NBC News, and I want to share the clip, you just discussed Ukraine. 
Is it the position of a Pence presidency that spending money in helping Ukraine defeat Russia will go on until Russia is defeated? Or is there in a Pence administration a number where it's enough and we're not giving any more? You know, look, um, the the Russian invasion uh, of Ukraine um, of a year ago uh, was an act of naked aggression. Uh, and uh, and frankly, let me say plainly, uh, the, the Biden administration has been slow in providing the Ukrainian military with what they need. They promised them 33 Abrams tanks back in January, Tony, and they still don't have them. They're dithering about aircraft. Um, it's no real surprise, though, when, when we came into office in 2017, the Obama-Biden administration had cut off all military aid to Ukraine, refused to sell them any equipment. We, we gave them anti-tank javelin missiles and provided them resources they're using to repel the Russian invasion. Look, I'm, I'm somebody that believes in the Reagan doctrine that was minted back in the 80s. It said, look, if you're willing to fight the communists in your country, we'll give you the means to fight them there so we don't have to fight them here. And uh, I think it is in our national interest to give Ukraine what they need more quickly than the Biden administration is doing uh, to repel that Russian invasion. I also think that by repelling the Russian invasion, you're sending a deafening message to communist China uh, that America and the wider world will not tolerate the use of military aggression to redraw international lines. Is there any amount of money that's too much? Well, you know, it's interesting. In his State of the Union address, President Biden said, we're, we're there as long as it takes, right? But it shouldn't take that long. I mean, we're the most powerful uh, military in the world by far. I mean, Russia has gone from being the second most powerful military in the world to being the second most powerful military in Ukraine. I mean, if, if we will simply give them the resources they need, these Ukrainian fighters have demonstrated uh, their ability uh, to repel this invasion. I remain very uh, optimistic uh, that uh, President Zelensky, who I, I came to know personally when I was vice president, is going to continue to marshal the support uh, and, and drive them back out of the border. Let me say, here's my whole thing, Tony. If you think uh, that Vladimir Putin will stop if he overruns Ukraine, I think, as we like to say here in Indiana, you've got another thing coming. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that that Russian military, if they take Ukraine, they're going to have their eyes set on the Baltics. They're going to have their eyes set on Poland. I mean, Vladimir Putin has made no secret of his desire to reestablish that old Soviet sphere of influence in Eastern Europe. I think I think we provide the Ukrainian military what they need to stop them there so that our men and women in uniform. You know, I got a I got a son who's a captain in the Marine Corps. I got a son-in-law who's a lieutenant in the Navy. Uh, we, we stop them there uh, and we will prevent the day that they cross a border where our servicemen and women will have to go and fight because he enters into a NATO ally. Let's move into this pro-life conversation, which is going to be a yeah. part of the 2024 uh, political season. Talking to Vice President Mike Pence, you can get more information from his site, MikePence2024.com, candidate for president of the United States. Um the Dobbs decision, which you're going to celebrate uh, in, in, in D.C., uh, is credited for Republicans having failures in 2022 with uh, levels of, of uh, not getting enough seats in, in the House, with losing the Senate. And here are your words on NBC regarding President Trump and his thoughts on pro-life bills. 
I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for it. And, but after leading the most pro-life administration in American history, and now my former running mate is, has, has taken to calling some pro-life bills at the state level too harsh. And he he's actually, six week, he, he, he called the six-week blamed, bill in Florida too harsh. You disagree with him. I, I do. Yeah. I, I, but he also blamed electoral losses in 2022 on overturning Roe versus Wade. Look, I think that the cause of life is, has been the animating force of the conservative movement in the Republican Party. What do you Party think, 2022? So is the argument that the Republican Party wasn't prepared for life after the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Or is the argument that Trump did not know how to position Republicans to a level of success and he's responsible for not taking back the Senate? Well, I think it might be door number three, Tully. Um, and that is, and like I said, is uh, um, <clears throat> I said at the top of that clip, I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for it. Hoosiers know I'm. Uh, I have and uh, always will stand uh, for the sanctity of human life. But look, I I think when you look at the 2022 elections, there were many examples uh, where men and women who were running for office who took a strong pro-life position, governors around the country who passed strong pro-life measures, did fine in the election. I mean, where we where we uh, stumbled in 2022, I believe, was where we had candidates that were focused on the past, that were focused particularly on relitigating the past. We actually we actually lost races uh, in states that we frankly should have won. But I, I can I can tell you and you can go to the Susan B. Anthony list online, any of your listeners and look at the stats. Men and women who stood firmly and compassionately on principle for the right to life uh, did well, even in highly competitive races around the country. But I, I look I, for me, this is an issue that's more important than politics. But I really do believe if, if we stand with compassion and with clarity uh, on the sanctity of human life, we can continue to win hearts and minds and win elections around the country. So that's part one of my conversation with Vice President Mike Pence. I, uh, I I must tell you that on the Ukraine question, the Ukraine conversation, there is going to be a fair amount of pushback because the, the Republican Party, I would argue, is split on this subject. There are the people who will talk about forever wars and warmongering and why are you always getting us into a war and this has to stop and we don't need to be supporting Ukraine. We don't need to be spending our, our money over there. That is the more populist point of view. That's a Donald Trump point of view. That's certainly a Tucker Carlson uh, point of view. And I would say with Tucker, there's a, a little bit more um, of a of a philosophical uh, conversation at play. For other Republicans, it is the conversation that that Vice President Pence brought up about the idea of not only thwarting communism. But thwarting the aggressor, you don't allow the aggressor to continue to be aggressive for a second there, for a second there. When he started talking about the military, I thought he was going to get into a conversation about the military being involved. He did not go in that direction. I swear to you for a second. I really thought that that's where he was going. He got into the conversation of providing two Ukraine, the military aid that is necessary, and that is a big conversation from a lot of Republicans, and they're not warmongers. 
They're having a, a, a conversation about what is actually in the interest of the United States. It's in our interest to see Vladimir Putin uh, defeated, to not see Russia be able to grow these opportunities. And if not stopped, what would make anybody think, as, as Pence brought up, that they would stop there? I think he said, you, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I do believe that that is accurate. There's also a real conversation to exactly how much money you're going to put to this thing. I do not see Vladimir Zelensky in the same lens that maybe uh, uh, Mike Pence does. I don't see him as this this wonderful warrior who uh, is going to save us all. He did the damage to himself. The photo shoot with Annie Leibovitz, how he has gone about talking to, whether it's the United States or Israel or other nations, trying to guilt them into giving more, that's not the way to do it. I think that Zelensky, after that initial push, because the initial push was he could have left. He could have left and been safe and, and, and no one would have blamed him. Well, I, I would have blamed him. He stayed. He did. He stayed and he fought. And it was a very big rallying moment for Ukraine. And and something Pence said is very true. Russia went from being thought of as the second biggest and best military in uh, the world to being the second best military in Ukraine is a very, very good line. We see that they don't work. They don't have the skill set. That said, are you telling me that's only a lack of hardware that's keeping Ukraine from winning this thing already? How much... How much more are we supposed to send is a legitimate question. And people who are running for president who take this point of view are going to have to answer that question. Open-ended? That's what, that's what he said Biden said. And that's, I, I assume he thinks that that's wrong. That's the take I took. Well, then what is it? When does it end? That's only part one of the conversation with Vice President Mike Pence. I will get to the part two in a little bit. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. And this is Tony Katz Today. A, a once respected prosecutor who, who is who's just basically started engaging uh, in, in the worst, in, worst, I mean, just the worst strain of Trumpism. This muddled chapter in American history did not reflect well on him or those who were around him. Uh, we know what was going on because it was uh, disclosed and publicized across the nation. The Russians were doing their best to influence the election. The involvement of pres- former President Trump, of course, is an issue that is separate but important. But those who are trying to cover up this this chapter in history are not doing the nation a good service. No one's trying to cover up anything. The Durham report, Senator Dick Durbin, is not about cover up. Russians trying to be involved in U.S. elections is real. Trump involved with uh, working with the Russians was not. That was a fever dream from Hillary Clinton that was pushed through the highest levels of government and everyone allowed an investigation that was known to be a lie happen for three years and divide and rip apart Americans. Why are you defending this? Why is anyone defending this? You want to talk about holy political and not looking good on someone. Here you go, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. That is Senator Dick Durbin, a man most aptly named. It's just so ugly. This happened. Hillary did this. The report's there. Obama knew. Then Vice President Biden knew. The Attorney General Loretta Lynch knew. They all knew that it was a fever dream by Hillary and her campaign staff. And they did it anyway. 
That's different than whether or not the Russians try to screw with our elections because they do. And that's worthy of conversation. It was worthy then because we said it then about the Mueller report and no one cared. What Dick Durbin and, and that was uh, Joe Scarborough asking the question there. What they're talking about, unserious people. It's a damn shame. This is Tony Katz today. Part two of my conversation with Vice President Mike Pence about his run for the, the presidency, uh, I asked him point blank about the path. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. What is the path to the presidency? How do you get there? And I, and I stated quite clearly, I know you. We've had the chance to have more than one conversation in our lives. Let's get to the nitty gritty. In, in the time that we've known each other as governor and then as vice president, when I first got to Indiana, we, we've been able to have some, some, I think, good conversations and open conversations. And as people on your team know, and I only hope you know, I will never, ever lie to you. And even if it means we never speak to each other again, I won't do it. I, I refuse uh, to, to, to do it. I'm a guy who stands on the outside looking in, trying to see your path to 2024. Where is the Mike Pence way? And part of any path to 2024 is never mind overcoming President Trump, but it's being able to get his acolytes, his strong supporters, if he should not get the nomination, to go along with somebody else. You're the guy that they see, and I believe that they are wrong. I have stated publicly that they were wrong, and you were right on January 6th. They see you, and the term they use is traitor. Mr. Vice President, how do you get those people to vote for you, and can you win a primary, never mind a general, without them? Well, number one, look, I love the people that supported our cause for four years, and uh, and I met tens of thousands of our supporters as I traveled around the country, attended rallies with the president, did rallies of my own. So I, uh, I, have, I have nothing but, uh, but gratitude for the support and the prayers of, of millions of Americans. But look, I think it's, it's one of the reasons why in my uh, announcement speech, which uh, thanks for mentioning the website again, Tony, but people, if people didn't uh, spot my announcement speech a couple of weeks ago, I dealt with this issue up front. Look, I'm a I'm a uh, people know me know I'm a Christian, a conservative and a Republican in that order. I took an oath to the Constitution of the United States that I I swore to the American people and to Almighty God. And I in that uh, speech, I I laid out uh, the provisions of the Constitution uh, that I acted on and stood on uh, and by God's grace did my duty on on January 6th. And we're going to deal with that very forthrightly. But I got to be honest with you. As I've traveled around Iowa and New Hampshire and, and South Carolina and continue to travel around the country, I've really been deeply moved uh, at the number of Americans uh, who understand uh, the role that I had that day and my commitment to the Constitution, who hold the view that you hold on it, Tony, for which I'm grateful. And I, I have to tell you, I truly do believe that the vast majority uh, of uh, Republican primary voters know that we need new leadership in this party, but we need leadership that's grounded on the conservative agenda that you've been a champion of throughout your uh, public career on the radio. It's everything I've always been about for 30 years. 
all the way back to my time on WIBC and then then 20 years in the in the Congress and as governor and as vice president. And I, I, I continue to get that encouragement around the country. But look, we're going to be forthright about it. People are, I hope, will come to know. Uh, that uh, that we did our duty that day, uh, according to the, the oath that we'd taken, but that at the end of the day, uh, we, I'm confident this party will come together because, frankly, the disastrous policies of the Biden administration literally, as I said before, have weakened this country at home and abroad in ways that I've never seen in my lifetime. And I think the American people know this country's in a lot of trouble, uh, but that uh, we're going to have a, a good competitive primary. And Lord willing, we'll have the opportunity to be the standard bearer. But I'm confident the Republican primary voters independents and frankly uh many many fair-minded democrats are going to rally behind uh our republican nominee and we're going to elect a new republican president of congress and we're going to get this country turned around i've got 60 seconds you've got a former president who's going to hit you over the head for not doing what he thinks was your job you've got a governor in florida who's going to hit you over the head for being tied uh, to that president you've got a senator from south carolina who's going to go after the same evangelical base you are what has to happen what is the pence message that is different from those messages to get people attracted to your campaign well, the, my one conclusion traveling the country in the last two years is that I'm uh, Karen and I are we're we're well known, but we're not known well, Tony. I mean, Hoosiers know the Pences. You know, just as I said, we were at Rosie's place this morning, stopped, greeted, had some good friends there, took a few pictures. You know, but this is home. But I think the opportunity to share our heart, to share our vision, to tell the story of our whole life and our whole career. Uh, and doing that in the kind of retail politics that Iowa and New Hampshire and the early states demand, uh, we're just going to go out there and work our hearts out. We're going to tell our story, and uh, we're going to trust the American people uh, and the good Lord for the future. That is Mike Pence, a candidate for president of the United States, MikePence2024.com. He did not answer the question, and I can appreciate that he didn't, although I need an answer to the question, because without it, it's it's kind of like saying, you know what, we, we know that this issue is out there, but if we just avoid it, maybe we can get lucky. I have stated on this show that he should not run for president. I like the guy. I like the guy personally. He's always been very nice to me. If he asked me my thoughts, I would give him my thoughts. The reason I, I said this, by the way, is that I, I, be- I believe that if I listen to him properly and I've seen him properly, his view of the world is about servant leadership. His, you know, when he talks about I'm a Christian, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, and in that order, he absolutely believes that. That is, that is truth. That is fundamental to who he is. If that is the case, which is, is not a problem, and he talks very openly and very clearly and with, with focus about his faith, his, his view is one of servant leadership. I don't have a problem with this. But that view, I believe, in how he portrays himself and how he goes about things is about the serving of others. And that's different than whether or not that makes you the guy who is the guy or the guy really helping the guy get better. That's the that's the question. And I see him as the guy who helps the guy. I have said before that he's the guy 
who is going to be a great Secretary of State. He's going to be able to deliver the American message well. He's never going to go off script. I don't know how many times I have to say it. That guy is never, ever, ever, ever going to go off script. Never going to happen. He will be able to uphold America's interests. He'll be able to tell the American story. He will be clear and focused on it. There won't be embarrassment, and he won't be engaged in any mealy-mouth conversation vis-a-vis China. It never ever will happen if Mike Pence is Secretary of State, which is where I see him, by the way. Not necessarily in a, in a Trump administration, but certainly in a DeSantis administration, certainly in a Tim Scott administration. It, it, but, you know, I, I, Tim Scott's got his own road to, to, to travel, and we'd have to talk about what his path is. And Tim, I bring Tim Scott up for a reason, and I brought it up in the interview. Both Tim Scott and Mike Pence have to fully grab and, and uh, have, have proud ownership of, if you will, the evangelical base in order to move forward. They have to have it, and they're competing for it. And evangelicals were very clear in their support for Donald Trump. And people were like, how? how? The guy and, and the marriages and the this and that. How did, he, how did the evangelicals go that way? But yet he had it. He absolutely had the support. Pence and Tim Scott are fighting for that same base to be able to then propel themselves to opportunity. And Tim Scott has a built-in advantage. And the built-in advantage is South Carolina. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. All he has to do is place or show in South Carolina. And that's it. That's all he needs. He'll be able to get to Super Tuesday. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. He has to have some kinds of showings in Iowa or New Hampshire. If Pence is not a top three in Iowa or New Hampshire, it's over. Over. And right now, I I must admit that I do not see it. So this question of what is his path is a a huge one. Now, the other part that I did discuss, and I don't think I'm off base here, guys. I don't think I'm off base in a discussion of you have uh, in, in, in Trump supporters. They're, they're never, ever going to turn the corner for you. To argue that the Trump supporter won't turn for Ron DeSantis if DeSantis is the nominee. I believe that that's true in the vast majority of cases. It's going to be very hard for them not to support Trump, whether it's the conversation of third party runs. And there's a whole thing with the Democrats about they're worried about Joe Manchin doing a third party run. Joe Manchin is not doing a third party run. There is nobody in any state who has better name ID in their home state than Joe Manchin in West Virginia. And he blew it up because he didn't properly handle the Democratic Party and this Inflation Reduction Act. He got played like a fool and then admit he got played like a fool. And it's not even that he got played. He willfully went along with calling it the Inflation Reduction Act and then realized, wait, this isn't playing well for me politically. Oh my gosh, the Democratic Party, they tricked me. That's not a way to win votes. That's not how it works. Wait, hold, do, I, do I have to play it? All right, I'll... I'll play it if if you tell me uh, that I have to play it. I'm I'm happy to do it. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. It's not. It just isn't. So Manchin running third party. I'm not. 
moved by. Uh, Would Trump run third party? It's always possible. And if he did, all those people are still going to vote for him, at least the vast majority. You could possibly hold out hope and understand that the election is long and that the the stakes are high and maybe the people who would have supported Trump might say, we can't let Biden, and then there's a whole conversation now. There's an entire conversation going on about the idea that you might have Gavin Newsom getting in this race, that somehow Biden's going to have a quote-unquote health incident Whatever it is, it's like when a mafioso has a heart attack and that's why they have to get out of the business. No actual heart attack happens. It's how, you, it's how business is done. Well, Biden will have some kind of health issue and therefore the Democrats are going to need a nominee and Lord knows that it can't be Kamala Harris. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> and that will bring in Gavin Newsom because he ruined California. Let's let him ruin the country. And then the stakes will be high and we'll be like, guys, you, you got you got to vote for DeSantis. We have to win this thing. It's possible to get them. I don't think it's possible for them to pull the ballot, to pull the lever for Mike Pence. I just don't see it as possible. As a matter of fact, I will state that it's impossible. I don't know how you're going to win the election without those people. I really don't. I don't know how you're going to win the election without those people. If Mike Pence wants to argue and his team want to argue that even Democrats thought he did the right thing on January 6th, and I agree with him constitutionally, I don't think he had the ability to, to, to reject. Even if you want to say that Democrats support him and are thankful that he stood up to Trump and stood up for the Constitution, that's where it ends. They're not voting for him in a general That's like saying that Democrats would vote for Liz Cheney in a general. Don't be ridiculous. OMG, are you kidding me right now? Of course they're not going to vote for Liz Cheney. They would destroy Liz Cheney. They wouldn't vote for her. They would beat the snot out of her. They would go back to her conservative record. And by the way, her record is conservative. Sands, uh, you know, you leave out everything, her, her, you know, obsession regarding Trump. She has a massively conservative record. People loved her. She was in leadership for the love of God. The people who think that that Mike Pence was a traitor, they're never going to vote for him. So I must say it again. I do not see Pence's road to the White House. I don't see the path, but he's on it. And the reason that you get in the race is because sometimes things happen. And if you're in it, you have the opportunity to capitalize on it. I got to assume that's what that team is hoping for. I think you can bring up good subjects. I think you can engage well and talk conservatism well. I just don't see the path to a victory in the primary. And I don't see a path to the victory in a general. But you can't be in it unless you're in it. And he is in it. Keep it right here. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. Adam Schiff gets censured, but I got to tell you, it's not enough. 
It just isn't. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Adam Schiff, the congressman from California, portraying himself as a martyr. Resolution, I thank you. You honor me with your enmity. You flatter me with this falsehood. You who are the authors of a big lie about the last election must condemn the truth tellers, and I stand proudly before you. Your words tell me that I have been effective in the defense of our democracy, and I am grateful. And yet this false and defamatory resolution comes at a considerable cost to the country and to the... I'm glad now he's worried about the country and the Constitution. Whew! Well, better late than never, I guess. He, you know, the, the whole expression, me think thou doth protest too much. He, he is taking this as if somehow he is a great hero. Note that he is a villain in American history. He lied. He said he had more than circumstantial evidence. You go back to 2017, that conversation with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. More than circumstantial evidence to show that Trump was working with the Russians. Mm, no. No. No, that's exactly what didn't happen. I I was discussing this earlier, that the Russians were indeed an issue and they try and mess with American elections is different than whether or not Trump was colluding with them. He lied. He lied and he is worthy of the derision, which is why this censure, it wasn't even necessary. It's not enough. He has to be removed from committees. That's what Kevin McCarthy has to do. That's what the Republican Party has to do. And nothing else will be acceptable. I'm in favor of full expulsion. I just know it's not going to come. I know that's not going to come. You have to remove them from committees. Democrats have to learn that you can't do this. You cannot lie like this. You cannot engage a horror like this. You cannot engage attacking a person like this with nothing to back you up except the fever dream of Hillary Clinton. But I guess when you've got the institutions behind you, you can do anything. Adam Schiff is a major reason why people do not trust the institutions. It's on him. Find everything at TonyCats.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.